Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Your Dose where we speak to individuals with lived mental health experiences to help people feel less alone and more connected. Firstly, if you are listening, I just want to thank everyone for the support recently. Um, You may or may not know what I'm talking about. I am heartbroken for the situation, but I will continue to use my platform to spread awareness for mental health and try to break the stigma. However, we do have some happy news. Um, I wanted to announce the recent community group on Facebook which is called Your Dose and it is essentially a safe space with zero judgment for you guys to share your experiences, um, support each other and hopefully just a place where you can feel less alone. So please do check that out on Facebook if you are interested. Now in today's episode we are speaking to my amazing therapist Janine. Janine specialises in emotional freedom technique and hypnotherapy But Janine's story is not just about her her professional journey today. It's about a powerful narrative of personal triumph over adversity. Janine's path to becoming a therapist was marked by experiences of domestic abuse that completely shattered her self-esteem and confidence. She was, in her own words, 10 years older. However, one courageous decision made her change her life forever. Janine mustered the strength to break free from her abusive partner and embarked on a one-way ticket to Thailand, seeking solace and the opportunity to heal. Janine shares the challenges faced during her escape and how she began the process of rebuilding her life and self-worth. Her transformative experience became the driving force behind her mission to help others release their own limiting beliefs and transform their lives. Janine has touched the lives of hundreds of individuals, including me, guiding them towards emotional freedom and personal empowerment. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and I really hope you enjoy it. As always, if you do deal with any of the issues that we speak about in today's podcast, please do remember to seek professional support. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Your Dose. Today we have Janine. Hi Janine. Hi, how are you? Good to see you again. I know, good to see you again. Um, For anyone that's listening right now, I think you should be made aware that Janine is actually my therapist and I've actually worked with Janine in the past, so it's really great to have her on the podcast today. But Janine, how are you? And I think you should tell the listeners where you are based at the moment. Yeah, you know, I'm really well and it's great to see you and, and your success and where you're at. I'm just so happy, you know, where you are. Like, I'm so proud of you. That's what I want to say, first of all. You're amazing. Um, and it's great to be on here. And thank you for inviting me. I just love to share, you know, share what I do and, and maybe support any listeners, you know, if, if they're struggling on their journey, because you're all about supporting a community, aren't you, around improving mental health and improving awareness and access to, to services and support. So I'm actually, I'm obviously from the UK, you can tell by my accent, but I'm actually based in Vietnam these days. I relocated to Vietnam last year and it's been a great journey. And I'm in a place called Hoi An. Um, I run my business out here. I'll tell you about that in a moment. But yeah, I uh, made that, I guess, made that transition to move last year and it's just been incredible, you know. So it's, uh, yeah, exciting times. Don't really miss much about the UK, so it's all good. 
Sorry. What is it that made you move though, Janine? To Vietnam and so, yeah, so I've been I've been running my business, my business changed for success. I've been running that for the last the last nine years, um, which has just flown. It's, it's it's gone really quickly. And I think in COVID, all my business went online, you know. I was seeing clients online anyway, but my business went online and I've always had this this goal, this dream, this plan. Um, I've been coming to Asia for a long time and it's my my kind of goal, if you like, my my dream to set up a, a well-being centre, a wellness centre out here, like a retreat, if you will. So when COVID hit and all my business went online, I was like, you know what? I need to start putting that plan, that dream into action. So I said to myself, as soon as I can get a flight booked out here, I'm coming out here. So everything everything went in 2022. I sold everything. I rented my house out, gave stuff to charity, to friends. And I came here with one suitcase, didn't know a single person. Wow. When I got here, um, but it's been it's been phenomenal, you know. I've, I, I, as I say, continued seeing all my clients online. Um, I'll just shall I tell the listeners a little bit about what I do and, and yeah, I just to so. give them a context. Great, great stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so as I say, I've been running my business for the last for the last nine years. So, I I'm a wellbeing specialist effectively, but I help my private clients and corporate clients help them to get to a better place with their mental health, their wellbeing, their mindset. Um, and I'm all about helping people lower stress, uh, deal with things like anxiety, uh, mindset, confidence. And then when I work with corporate corporations and organizations, I help their teams get to a really good place with their productivity, their staff morale, that kind of thing. Um, but I'm all about working with the, the power of the mind because when we're, when we're in a bad place, it just affects every every part of our life, doesn't it? You know, it affects how we are within ourselves it affects our relationships with others um and that's basically what i do but yeah it's, it's all it's all run remotely online and it's great because i always say whether we work together online or face to face we always achieve the same results because you can't escape me when you're online it's like hello i'm here there's no yes. no no escape um and my background's in psychology so you know, i've been in mental health now for, for over 20 years but um the, the main tools and techniques, I guess, that I use are hypnotherapy, NLP, which stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming, and EFT, which stands for Emotional Freedom Technique, otherwise known as tapping, which I know we're going to talk about a little bit later. But I'm all just helping people get to a good place with their mindset, you know, their mental health, their well-being, because I don't think we should struggle. I don't think we should suffer, you know, and, and, and everyone needs that support. And like what you've been doing with this great community, just allowing people to talk through their stories and, and, and understand that, you know, we all have mental health, like we have physical health and it shouldn't be taboo. And that's why I love, I love things like this because it's allowing people just to, just to talk openly and candidly and then for listeners to, to hear this and think, you know, I, I, you know, it's not me, it's not me that's the only one in that place. You know, I had some consultations this week and, and one in particular, we went through this stuff and this, this one person said in this consultation, you know, oh, I, I'm not kind of going around the bend then. I'm not, and I'm like, no, you're not at all. This is just a way you're feeling and we can help yeah. you with that. And once we have that conversation, they're like, wow, what a relief. Because yeah. this person is managing all these other people. And and and, and I always say, you know, um, I guess in life and in work, and we, we've had this conversation, you know, we don't get taught at school or at college, university, we don't get taught how to look after our well-being. The school system is so limited, you know, so it's so outdated. So if we don't get taught any of this, we need to someone in just to give us a bit of a helping hand, and that's what I'd like to think that I that I do, and I, and I love what I do with 
with a passion. I love it. I'm, I'm very passionate about my work. I love my work. I love seeing people get from a place like your journey. We could touch on that. I love seeing yeah. people, they're in a place where they think, oh my gosh, there's no way out. To get from that place of anxiety or severe stress or clinical depression and get to that place, sometimes even just one week or two, people notice a difference. And then two, three, four months down the line, it's like, wow, my life is completely different. Yeah. And I love, I love supporting that. You know, I always say the good news is you do not need to suffer. You don't. Yeah. I think the thing for me when I first came to you and I was absolutely convinced that I would have to be like that forever and there was no way out and you were just laughed mm -hmm. at me and you were like, it's, you are going to be fine. Like, trust me. And yeah. no way could I, did I trust you? Honestly, I, I was just thought, this is who I am. And there is no way I could ever, ever feel better because I feel so shit, to be honest. Um, and and then three months in, I think it was three months. And, it was. And I was, I wouldn't say fully over it, but I was able to live life and feel normal again which I didn't think was even possible so I think yeah. everything that you've said is so true and, and the main thing about making people realize that it is normal it's on it's a normal reaction to mm. an adverse situation and you can get through it you can live life again you don't have to deal with this shit and like you said yeah. when you get rid of all of that how many other areas of your life improve and that's just something that you've seen know, in so many of your clients where they've yeah, got yeah. rid of all this old limiting beliefs. And once they've got rid of those, their life just starts to literally transform. Yeah. I mean, yeah, totally. What was one of the stories that you said about, um, there was, I think it was a, a guy that you was working with and he, um, he got like a huge deal or something at work after He'd been working with you. I can't remember. Well, I'll have a think in a minute. But I'd just love to touch on a few things about what you just said there. You know, like when we first met, like I was I was so sure you could get through this. And, and mm -hmm. you know, like you say, I, you know, I I had, I had that confidence because I know nobody needs to struggle for the rest of their life with, with anxiety. Nobody, and sometimes we're, we're kind of conditioned into this. This is me. This is just the way it's got to be. Why? Because we don't know any different. We're not taught any different. So we think this is just the way it got to be. And when we, we when we met, it, you were kind of like, I mean, you know, I'm in this really bad place. This just feels like the way it is. And, and kudos for you for reaching out to me. A lot of people don't even, they, they, yeah. they, they really struggle with that. And I was saying to somebody I was just having a consultation with just before, before we got on today. Um, that can often be the hardest part. This is really hard. Like, what do I say? I had, I had one, one, one client reach out to me. I was working with a friend of hers and we'd, we'd done amazing. And she said, you, you, you must speak to Janine. She was suffering really badly with anxiety. And, and bless her, she, she, um, she got on the phone to me, I think, and I must have had some, some space and we, we spoke. She said, at the end of the call, she said, I've been sat in Morrison's car park for two hours plucking up the courage to speak to you. And I feel emotional thinking about it. And I was like, bless your heart. That can feel so hard, that initial conversation. Because I was the same, you know, we'll talk about my journey in a bit. Hopefully, you know, we can go through that because I, I you know, years ago, I was like, I can, I can, I can deal with my own stuff. I don't need to go and see some guy to talk about my problems. I can, I'm a strong, independent female, but I was in a mess. 
you know, mm-hmm. my confidence was on the floor. I was anxious. I was scared. I didn't have any self-belief in myself. I looked about 12 years older than I do now. It was 12 years ago, right? So I was in a mess, right? But once you actually have that initial conversation, and we, we did, and and you're right, you know, it does take a bit of time. But I remember after we stopped working, to, you know, we, we worked together for yeah. three months or so. And then yeah. I remember you you messaged me saying, I booked a flight, I'm going to Lisbon or work. Was it yeah. Lisbon? And I was like, yeah, wow, yeah. you could yeah. leave the house three months earlier. And I'm like, wow, yeah. you know, and I remember you put a post on yeah. a story about your being there and, you, you know, you tagged me and I was like, I'm so proud and like I feel emotional thinking about it. And I was wow. like, wow, Emily, she's gone from there to here in three months and she's gone off on her own. Yeah. I was and like, I this is amazing. <laughs> and I wouldn't even second guess that now because yes, yeah. the work, like the work, I think another thing to point out as well is the work isn't, isn't done. You can't just assume that you'll have this work and then everything will be amazing again. Like it's also, you've got to work on that, you know, not every day, but when things get bad, it's about using those techniques and tools that you've yeah. taught me. Um, yeah. which we can go into about some of those techniques and tools because you you always said about the, the toolbox and it isn't it's about having yeah. that toolbox you know if if I feel anxious what's in the toolbox what can I use from the things that we've talked about to help me get through that um yeah rather than- and and I think you know, where you where you were to where you then, you know, you went from not being able to leave the house, severe anxiety, to then you were like, oh, Janine, I'm just going to such and such on my own. I was like, this is incredible. Yeah. People would be scared of getting enough flight on their own. or So, yeah, yeah. And, and you're right, it is, it is, for me, when I teach these very powerful tools, it's not only about that, you know, that three months, but it's about, right, you know, how can this be part of my life? And, you know, we're all, we're all doing the work, like, I I see it as a lifestyle choice, you know, mm. so rather than go off and use really poor coping strategies, which I used to use, it's like, right, how can I pull that thing out of my toolkit to lower that anxiety or to feel a bit more confident? You know, my yeah. mentor's in his late 70s and he's still doing the work, but it doesn't need to be hours and hours a day. It could be a quick, right, I'll just do that for two minutes. Oh, I'm feeling a bit better. Or I'll yeah. just go and do that. So yeah. it's easy strategies we can implement, which bang make a make a huge difference. Huge difference, you know. But I think I think what would be really good to to touch on before we go into EFT is is your journey and and why you ended up where you are because obviously you've been doing this change for success for nine years. Did you say nine years yeah. now? Mm-hmm. But before that, there's a whole story, and I think actually talking about that would be really interesting because we just assume that therapists have got everything together and they've always had everything together and actually to be able to see that you didn't always life wasn't always like this for you yeah yeah and me being here now it kind of fits into the the story I guess doesn't it so yeah yeah, no no I'd love to love to kind of kind of share that so um so so the interesting thing is as well when I I kind of worked in mental health, but I still had all my own struggles. Why? Because I didn't think the training was that great, to be honest. Um, there was all these expectations placed on you. So I, I basically used to work with men in prison. So I, I, I did that for, for many years, 13 years. Um, and when I, when I went into that job, I wanted to work with the juicy cases. I wanted the high risk. I wanted the, 
you know, the drug dealers and the murderers. I didn't really want to work with someone who'd stolen a wheel trim. That's, I wanted the juicy cases and that's mm -hmm. what I got, right? Mm -hmm. So I specialized in working with, I worked in a high risk division for 13 years. So um, yeah, I worked with murderers, drug dealers, um, violent offenders, robbers, sex offenders. I specialized in working with sex offenders for three years when I worked in Salford. Um, domestic abuse offenders. So I worked with this huge range, but we had like really high caseloads. Like mm -hmm. sometimes I was working with 70, 80 people at a time. So you can imagine the stress that that job caused. It was one of the most stressful jobs I've ever done, you know? And, and um, I remember when I did my training, the training was for two years. That was your degree, your NVQ, your on-the-job training. So you had your caseload while doing So it was a really stressful two years. And then yeah. I went into division, into a high-risk division. It's like, right, there's your cases. And it was like, um, and but the minute I went into that job, I saw all these people around me burnt out, stressed out, you know, wanted to pull the hair out. Um, why? Because there was no well-being support. There was nobody, nobody was looking after us on, on the front line, right? So I remember early on in that, the first thing I thought was this isn't going to be a job for life this is really stressful and the yeah. second thing was um wow all these people are burnt out there's these people off on long-term sick no one really wants to be there no one's mental health is being looked after so my my whole interest in the whole well-being thing my background was in psychology and my, my first degree was in psychology and my my interest in well-being was then and I was trying to fight with the management we need better well-being support did it fall on deaf ears? Of course it did. Did it go in one ear out the other? There was a bit of lip service, but no one was... And, and the way that organisation was run was, was really badly. They yeah. were hemorrhaging millions and they were bringing in all these agency staff because all the other staff were off, right? Yeah. So, and agency so, so staff don't know about the, the patients or anything, so... Yeah, yes. Yeah, they were bringing agency staff in and then they were getting paid loads of money. So when I when I go in and work with corporates and organizations now, I teach the exact opposite. I teach how we can be productive as a team. I teach, um, you know, strategies to manage morale and, and happiness and all that. Everything this this, this organization wasn't, right? Yeah. Um, so so it's dealing with all these these high caseloads and, you know, getting really burnt out myself and, and I was... Um, using really bad coping strategies and all this kind of stuff because I didn't know how else to deal, right? Because nobody yeah. taught me and there was no training. So the years went by and then um, I, my dad, my dad was very unwell and my dad was, my dad got diagnosed with cancer. So he, he was really unwell. He was in hospital and I was just fighting this job and dealing with that. Um, and then I met this, this guy, we got involved in a relationship and that relationship progressed really, really quickly my dad, we lost my dad a, a few months later. Um, my dad died when he was 60, so he was really young. So I'm having to deal with all this, this job, this, this, you know, everything. I was the one pulling everyone together. My mum was falling apart, bless her. They'd been together since they were very young. You mm. know, my brother didn't really do a lot. So I was the one kind of pulling everything together while trying to manage the job, while getting involved in this relationship, which very quickly became abusive, right? Mm -hmm. But because I was in this, you know, this very difficult time mentally and psychologically, I was dealing with everything. You know, I was dealing with 70 cases at once. 
I used to kind of joke saying, oh, I'm dealing with this and I'm going home to another. It's like 71. This, unfortunately, because of, because of where I was, this um, abuse um, kind of... felt normal. It, yeah, it, it wasn't normal, but it, but it happened. It kind of developed quite quickly, if that makes sense. But because I was in this... So I, I've talked about this openly for years. I, I do a whole talk called How One Word Changed My Life. I'm happy to put a link, you know, in this, in this because I'd love people to listen to that separately. Um, yeah. And it's about this one conversation that I have, but I've talked openly about domestic abuse for, for, for years. Why? Because I was going into work exhausted and I was going into, and, and I couldn't see that I was in this relationship. I probably knew deep down, right? But I couldn't see it. Bearing yeah. in mind, I'm going into work and I'm working with men in very deprived areas of Liverpool, um, Greater Manchester, uh, when, I, when I did the job. And I was teaching mainly men. It was men that I worked with. I did work with some female offenders at the start, some victims. I used to go into victims' houses and that was, that was a different ballgame. That was stressful. Um, dealing with these poor people. Yeah, anyway. But, you know, I was... Um, working with these men and explaining to them different types of abusive behaviors, financial abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, psychological abuse. But I couldn't see that I was in that sort of relationship. Wow. And I remember going into work, you know, one day after no sleep. This relationship moved very, very quickly. We got engaged quickly. We got married. We got married a couple of years in. Right? And um, because when you're, he was very charismatic, this guy, by the way. He was very charismatic. He was very engaging. He was a life and soul of the party, buy all the champagne. But the minute really? the door closed, everything was my fault. You've done this, you fucking hurt. It was just continual chaos. Was so he, when you're... Was he physically sorry, abusive or was it just or was it was, more psychologically? No, good, good question. There was some physical abuse, but in the main, it was a lot of psychological and emotional abuse. And when I've talked about this, I've kind of said... You know, when somebody punches you in the face, it's horrible. That but that black eye goes. When there's constant psychological, yeah. emotional abuse, if anyone wants to reach out to me about this, by the way, please do, because I don't like seeing anyone else go through this, you know, and have to struggle with this. Um, but when somebody's, your, your defense is alone, my dad had just passed away, I'm dealing with all this other stuff. And when somebody's continually saying to you, you've done this, you've done, you kind of start to believe it. <laughs> You know, yeah. um, and, and it was very easy for him to kind of exploit that because, you know, I was very vulnerable emotionally, you know, having to manage all this. So, yeah, I, mem I remember going into work one day and I was like, seriously, I, I was filling out one of these questionnaires for one of my lads and I was filling this, this like 10 page questionnaire about all these different types of abuse. And I was like, is this me? Because really? I, I couldn't. Yeah, it took me a while to get my head around it. Yes, that's quite so, interesting because it's it's is I always find this was the same for me more with the when I had an eating disorder, um, yeah. But also, people that I've spoken to on these podcasts where they say that you don't really know what it is that you're experiencing, but you just know that you're experiencing something and it's not quite right, but you don't really yeah. know it, and you almost become so lost in it, whether it be domestic abuse or whether it be some sort of um mental illness that you don't actually realize what's going on but it's everyone outside that can see it and that's and, and so mm -hmm. i guess the other question is did anyone around you notice that 
this was happening? Um, so when anything was kind of going wrong behind the closed door, I didn't really tell anyone because you want people to think everything, especially, you know, when we got engaged and we got married and I, I did, I did, um, you know, I, I did have to open up to a couple of, couple of close friends. And I think people didn't see that at first, but as time goes by, it's hard not to see it. Mm. And, and then, and then he was kind of, what's the word? Um, you know, he was like, um, the life and soul of the party and he was yes, funny and all this cool. kind of stuff to everyone else but that started slipping you can't you can't maintain that there's only so long you and people started to they did start to see and the amount of times I tried to leave that relationship it, it, it wasn't just once it was it was so many different times so there's a few things the first thing is um when you attempt to leave a, an abusive relationship the there's a lot of power and control in those relationships okay so when you when you're trying to leave um, the person doesn't want you to leave because they're losing that control. So they'll do anything they can to get you back. I'm so sorry. Oh, that won't happen again. The tears, all that kind of stuff. And in some, in some moments, there are these lucid moments where the abuser can see. They're very few and far between. And they, oh, I'm so sorry. It won't happen again. You know, I'll do anything I can. They do all these love bombings to kind of keep you there. I remember one New Year's Day, I was trying to sneak out. And the only time I could go was when I knew he wasn't, because he was always seemed to be around. I couldn't kind of get rid of him, like, yeah. you know. It, so, so it it take it takes time. But part the other part of that as well is is when when somebody attempts to leave an abusive relationship is the most high risk time that they're going to be abused, and that's why people. So, so if anyone is in that that place, you know, get as much support as you can have have some kind of an escape plan and I didn't I mean he was desperate for children luckily I, we didn't have any children it's even harder when there's children involved oh, but gosh, I... confide, confide in somebody whether it's a friend whether it's a professional you know even just having that conversation have as much support around you as you can because it's hard to it is hard and, and, and you you know I used to be that person why don't they just leave I used to be guilty of saying that when you're in it as you, as you said yourself you know, when you're in that place of an eating disorder or you're in a place of mental mm. health or mental, you're, you know, you're unwell, yeah. you kind of know there's something wrong, but you can't put your finger on it. Yeah. Once you do and you kind of, what well, once the, you know, the blinkers are off and you think, right, it's time to start leaving this, but it, it's, it's, it, it is hard to do that. When, when I did finally leave, um, had I left? No, not really, because he was phoning, he was texting. I had to go to my mum's for a bit. He was turning up on my mum's. It was like I couldn't, you know. It, 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 so your so... mum found out about all of this. That must have been really difficult for your mum to hear that her daughter had been in this abusive relationship and she'd potentially not known. It's an interesting one because when I went there, I didn't even tell her too much. I just said I need to leave. I confided in a couple of close friends, but no one else knew. And what, <laughs> after, so after the, you went to the period of going to your mum's, when was like the final straw? Like what happened for it to be like, right, this is literally it. I need to get out of here. I need to leave. Yeah. So, um, so I, I talk about this in, in, in this, this talk, um, it's called how one word changed my life. I, I'm kind of going to ruin some of it. We were talking to, to your good self, but yeah, it got to a point where I, I just felt like I couldn't escape and I was like. I just thought I need to get as far away as possible. 
because I, I can't continue like this, you know. So um, I had this conversation. We'll put a link to the talk in the, in the comments so people can go and check it out. It's only a 15 minute talk. Yeah. Had this conversation, and um, and it was just this one word. It changed the whole trajectory. I won't, I won't reveal the word. Don't but reveal the word. What, what I will kind of reveal is, um, if we hadn't had that conversation, like things would have been totally different. But we had this conversation with this therapist that I then went to see first session, and um, I I went to the I went to the GP. And normally I would have thought GPs are too busy; they can't see me; they've got more important things to do. But we. I, I, I went, I went on this day and, and, and I didn't want any medication, you know, and I just needed to get away. Um, mm. And I just, I was in tears. I was in, I was in bits. I was in a mess. I was just, oh, I was just at the end of my tether. I couldn't face my job. I couldn't face my life. I couldn't face work. I couldn't face anything. I was just like, and I went to the, the GP who's really nice. And he said, look, he said, I'm not going to give you any pills at the moment, but you know, but I'm going to, you need some time off. And I was like, great. And he just looked at me and he was about to sign the thing. And he said, uh, I can sign you off for two weeks. And I just looked at him and he went, four weeks? And I went, yeah, that, that's better. Um, and that day, uh, that day, I booked a, booked a flight to Bangkok. And a couple of days later, I, I flew out. I booked a five-star hotel. I booked two nights in Bangkok. Um, and I flew out to Bangkok on my own. And, and I remember, you know, I went into the airport lounge. I had a glass of wine. I was texting some friends who knew I was going. My mum obviously dropped me off. No, my friend dropped me off, actually. My mum obviously knew I was going. Um, and I text some friends and I was like, I'm going. I'll be back in a month. And this this was the time before, like, Instagram and Facebook. Well, there's Facebook, yeah. but it, it was before smart. I had a phone, but you couldn't, like, just randomly use it. So so I, um, my ex-husband was contacting me continually, texting, phoning, but I, I, I didn't have any contact for two days, which was unheard of. There was always some kind of contact. and. I walked down that air bridge with tears in my eyes and I was like, I'm doing it. I just need to get away as far as possible. And and I, I, I had to message him because I was married to him and I messaged him and I said, I'm going away for a few weeks. I'll be in touch when I get back. Took the SIM yeah. card out my phone. I hid wow. the SIM card. Um, and when it got to Bangkok, got to this amazing hotel and I felt free for the first time in years. It was the most amazing feeling. And I... Um, went to the Kosan Road the next day and I went into this travel this travel agency and I said, hi, I'd like to book a flight to Vietnam. And he said, when do you want to go? I said, tomorrow. He was like, okay. So he booked me a flight and I just flew to Vietnam. I didn't know where I was going. Um, I booked a flight to a place called Da Nang, not far from here. And I just traveled around Vietnam on my own and I met some amazing people. I saw some amazing places. I told them all my story. And it was probably one of the best months of my life. It was just wow. just been able to to break that kind of. Obviously, I had to go back, and we had to start divorce proceedings, and there was still, you know, the continued kind of. But it, it just felt easier. And there was one point I think where I said something to him. He was like, "Fuck you," and he went off on one. And he, I'm sending the divorce papers, and and that started. And we had we had no contact from there. A year later, I had to take him to court because he owed me a lot of money. Um, but. That got resolved in my favor, which which it, I had oh to do God. everything on my That's own, the so legals, brave. everything. That's so yeah. brave, though, and to remove the SIM card as well, and literally just have no contact with anyone in in at a time when, yeah, like you said, we weren't constantly connected then. Probably like everything's so, so, so connected now. Yeah, because back then it was great. What what I did, I just I just checked, went to an internet cafe and checked my emails like once every four or five days. But that allowed me just to be. This is this is maybe. 
some tips I want to give your viewers. This allowed me just to be with me, just to be on my own. And I met some great people on the way as well, you know, um, and I spent time with some great people. It allowed me just to be on my own, away from people, social media, just in my own thoughts. And, and we'll talk about, obviously, EFT tapping. And when, when I saw that therapist on the Friday, he told me about this thing. I trusted him a million percent because he came highly recommended. One person I did tell, she said, he's the best in Liverpool. He's amazing. Like, go and see him. And yeah. he told me about this thing called tapping, emotional freezing technique. And he started doing it on me. And I was like, this is really weird. Like, but I trusted him. And he said to me, he said, when you're on the plane, you can do this. When you're on the beach. And I started practicing this technique amongst other techniques. Um, and it allowed me just to be with me. And it allowed me to start to let go for the first time in my life. It allowed me to start working on my own limiting beliefs. It allowed me to understand why and how I had attracted this relationship. It allowed me to let go of the anxiety that I was feeling, all, all that, all that stuff, you know. And yeah, it was the start. It was the start the, of the, the beginning. The journey of where you <laughs> yeah. are now. And yeah. So EFT was you you taught, you were you started doing with this. Who was the, the guy that you were doing it with? So I went to see um, my therapist back then. He was called yeah. Eamon, Eamon O'Brien. Um, yeah. All these years later, he um, he was training a friend of his and we'd finished our sessions and we kept in contact. And he's in his late 70s now, but he's still he's still doing the work. He's still working with clients. And um, yeah, he was, he was helping a friend of his and uh, he's changed the lives of thousands, by the way. And yeah. I said, yeah, if you ever want any help or I can come and be a guinea pig for your friend or, you know, he was teaching her hypnotherapy and we actually went to, um, it was a, a Brad Yates workshop a couple of years down the line. It would have been about, I don't know, 2013-ish, 12, 13. And um, we were at this, the two of us were at this uh, Brad Yates. So Brad Yates is, is, is um, he's an EFT specialist. He's had over like 40 million views on YouTube. He talks about how amazing EFT is and, and yeah. he's, he's phenomenal. So, so we went to this workshop to see Brad Jakes, me and me and Eamon. It was, and it was the best weekend and it was so exciting. And, and um, I, I was, yeah, I was going off on my travels a, f a few months after that. I was, yeah. And, and he, he turned around to me, we were having lunch one day and he was telling me about his friend and, and he, he said, would you like me to teach you hypnotherapy? And my jaw fell to the floor. I was like, you oh, want like this? I was like, yeah, yes, please. Obviously had to do all the qualifications. I went off to do, do a master's degree in clinical psychology and the, the hypnotherapy training and the EFT yeah. and the NLP, all the different training. Like I say, my, initial, my first degree was in psychology. And I was like, yeah. And we started training together and we, we, we'd meet religiously. We'd spend hours together at the weekends meeting and doing the work. And it was just phenomenal you know, learning all this amazing, these amazing tools and strategies and techniques. And so he helped me obviously get my business off the ground and, and go from there. Yeah, it was just amazing. So <laughs> in terms of hypnotherapy and EFT, which one do you use the most of now with your clients, would you say? So I use, I use a mixture, but a lot of the time I'm, I'm using tapping with clients because it's so powerful. You know yourself, right? How, yeah. how, how was the experience for you? Tell the, tell the listeners, yeah. the viewers. I mean, incredible. I think after this week, you can definitely give a bit of a, just a short, the science around EFT and what exactly it is. But 
yeah. it felt so weird when I first did it. And even yeah, actually spoken right. to some people about mm. EFT and how it literally changed my life. I, I fully believe that I wouldn't be yeah. the person I am today if I hadn't have had that three months with you. But I remember when wow. I first did it and I was tapping away and I was thinking, this feels really weird. And I, I was, I was and I, the same. Really, I was really the skeptic. Yeah. Mm. And then and then I think what once you just let yourself go and mm. allow yourself to just be in the moment. And after a few sessions, I remember you saying, Oh, you know, I can feel a shift. I was thinking, yeah. I'm not sure I can. But then there was but then I did really feel a shift. And there was one particular session yeah. that we had, and I think it was quite an emotional session. And I've been yeah. crying a lot and a lot was coming up. And I just remember feeling really, really tired after the session. Mm, and, yeah. but, but like a, like a weight had actually been lifted. Um, yeah. And that's when I was just like, wow, this, this is different. This isn't like talking therapy or CBT. Yeah. This is actually energy. This is all about, and, it, and obviously you can just maybe discuss it, tell it, tell it better than I can. Um, but it is all energy related and we are made up of energy. So it makes yeah. the most sense to me out of any other form of therapy. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I was the same as you, Emily. I was so skeptical. I, but I trusted this guy 100%. I was like, how does this even work? Like how, but I, I, you know, everything he told me to do, I did. So I was practicing it on the plane. I was on the beach and I felt this real sense of calm come over me. It gave mm. me the confidence to get on a plane on my own, like, like yeah. yourself going off to, you know, you've, you've yeah. gone on all these great trips and, you know, and interestingly enough, a year later, when, when I was due to see my ex-husband in Cork, because he owed me all this money, we'd had no contact for a year. And we'll talk about EFT in a moment, how it works, what it looks like. Um, and, and like yourself, like where you were to where you are, because this goes much deeper than talking therapy. I'm personally not a fan of CBT because you're not for me, you're not really getting under the hood of the car. This is a very powerful technique to get right to the root. What is the root cause of the anxiety? What is the root cause of that trauma, the PTSD? What is the root cause of the depression? How can I start to let this go, but at a deeper level, a nice, relaxed pace, but a deeper subconscious level? And when you work with an experienced practitioner and you're able to get right to the root and start to clear it out, and as you say, it felt like there was a lot of emotion that come up. Let's just take that one session for yourself. Yeah. And you can feel exhausted after. Why? Because you're using up so much emotion. You know, when we first met, you said, Janine, I've struggled with this anxiety for as long as I can remember. Yeah. We use up so much energy on the on anxiety and stress and worry, all those, all those things. So when we start to let it go, oh, I feel exhausted. I feel, I feel like I want to go and have a, have a lie down. And yeah. that feels really, it's really common because you've been walking around with all this energy and all this emotion that we're using and all this old stuff and most of it is under the surface so yeah so a year later um see me makes i was really nervous really like this guy was cocky as fuck right cocky fuck, yeah. like, just, and i was just like so nervous and i walked into this tiny this holding room my friend came with me probably twice the size of this room all these people and he just sat like that sat on his phone and I was like, so, so, I, so, so I said to my friend, I said, right, I'm going to run off into the toilet. I'm going to do some tapping. I'll be five minutes. You know, you feel like an idiot, but no one's going to see in the cubicle. So I was there in the cubicle, kind of tapping away. 
I am telling you now, after five, ten minutes, whatever it was, I walked back into that room a foot taller. Mm. Of course, I was still anxious. Of course, the, the nerves were there, but I felt so much more confident in my own skin. I, I, and it got to the point where they said, look, we've not got enough judges today. We're gonna... I thought, I've waited a, a year for this. I need to, you know, I need this to be heard today. And they said, you know, if anyone wants to, you know, rearrange this for another date. And we all had to walk up to this usher. So it was the first, I was stood next to my ex-husband. He was there, like, and I, and I, and I stood there. And they said, and, and I thought, there's no way I'm not being heard today. I've waited a year for my day in court, right? And I, I'd done all the legal yeah. legwork myself. I'd done all the, um, and, and I just I just turned around to him and said, we want to be heard today, don't we? And he just went, yeah, because I, you know, but, so the point I'm trying to make is this can look weird, but it's so powerful. Changing. Yeah. Yeah. For you. For, for So a lot of the listeners won't have even heard of this or. Yes. Please explain. Watch view, what viewers, say it listens like on a radio and viewers. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so EFT stands for emotional freedom technique, and otherwise known as tapping. And the best way I can describe it is like acupuncture without the needles. Acupuncture. I've never had acupuncture, but acupuncture has been around for a long time, right? And it's very powerful. It's so. It's. This combination of this, we're, we're physically tapping with our fingers on, on uh, what we call meridian points around the face and upper body while talking through whatever the issue or the problem is. So it's combined with a modern psychological talking uh, technique as we physically do, do the tapping, you know, for, for ourselves. Um, and the innovator of this, a guy called Gary Craig, he innovated this in the late 80s out of another technique which was called thought field thought field therapy tft and he mm. kind of found where the actual points were around the body the face and upper body right he, he he kind of discovered where these points were that all um connected to various organs and the chinese were so powerful at figuring this stuff out over generations they 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 um over many generations they worked out where these points were so Gary Craig kind of came up with this um, this kind of strategy to tap on these certain points, and we'll call it emotional freedom technique. I mean, I could talk about this for hours, but just just for the the complexities of it, there's a lot of science behind it. Um, but I'll just just kind of talk about the basics. So um, when we're actually tapping on these what we call meridian points, and they're all connected to these organs within the body, I think like the, the stomach, the liver, the kidneys, all that. Um, what the science shows, there's a lot of scientific research now. There's, there's um, hundreds of research studies. And, and I like the science behind something because otherwise for me, it's like a bit woo-woo. I'm like, I need to know the science, right? Yeah. So, and I'm part of the research. I got some research published back in 2020 in the Energy Psychology Journal, which was really exciting time to get. Cool. It was a hard, it was a hard slog. <laughs> I won't wish that on anyone. But I was able, I'm now able to call myself part of the research and we got some research published then and, and that was that was yeah. phenomenal to, to be part of that. But just to take what I'm just gonna take one research study just to explain to to to, to the viewers what, what what this what this kind of how this um allows us to understand the science. First of all, when we when we use EFT, emotional freedom technique, we can use it for a wide range of of, of issues. We can use it for anxiety for stress, for depression. We can use it for mindset to help us feel more confident. Why can we use it for all these different areas? Because it works directly with the subconscious part of the brain. 
it works with a powerhouse. And this is why I think it is so powerful. So mm. actually allows us to rewire our brain. The research shows us this, the research backs this up. It allows us to, if, if, if you came to me today and you said, Janine, you know, I'm struggling with anxiety. Anxiety is what we call a belief about ourselves. It's what we call a limiting belief. I have anxiety. Because we're not generally born with anxiety. We learn it somewhere along the way. Mm. So, we, so, so if we learn something, we can unlearn it. So when we're tapping for anxiety, for example, we can, we're rewiring the neurological pathways in the brain so we can let go of the anxiety. So that's the first thing that it kind of does. It's working with the powerhouse, it's working with the subconscious. So there, there was a really amazing piece of research done back in 2012 by somebody called Dawson, Dr. Dawson Church and his team. I've actually had the, the privilege of interviewing Dawson Church for, for, my, for my channel. So he's, he's basically in charge of the Energy Psychology Journal. And he's conducted research worldwide with teams with Harvard, Bond University in Australia. There's some amazing research that Dr. Peter Stapleton, she does there, that looking at um, MRI scans and how the whole um, brain structure changes before and wow. after tapping. The research wow. she's done is phenomenal. But I'll just take this one bit of research. So they wanted to find out how tapping lowers, lowers stress. They wanted to see if it could lower cortisol. So cortisol is the stress hormone. So much of the time we're, we're, we're in, we're in, um, we're living by the hormones of stress. The minute we go into anxiety, we're in stress. When we go into any type of worry, we're going into stress a lot of the time, right? So what they wanted to do with this study, they wanted to find out, you know, can this, can this weird tapping thing lower stress, right? So they had, um, uh, they had one group who had an hour's kind of standard talking therapy. And they had a control group, and then they had another group who had the, the EFT, the tapping. And what they did was they, in all the three groups, they took saliva samples um, before and after. So they, um, they were measuring the level of cortisol. And what they found was um, no, real, no kind of difference in the control group, no, no real difference in the talking group. What they found with the, the, the tapping group, a significant reduction in level of cortisol. Wow. So what the science shows is when we start tapping, it actually lowers cortisol. That's amazing. So, it, it, so, so because we're going into this stress response, we're going into this fight or flight. So we go into anxiety. It's what's called fight or flight. A lot of people have heard of fight or flight. Um, and there's a part of the brain trigger that's called the amygdala. And then what tapping, what the research shows is what tapping does, it sends a calming signal to the amygdala. So... Wow. When we tap, so I was sat there on the beach thinking, how is this going to help back in Vietnam back then? But actually, when we start tapping, it actually allows us to feel, um, you know, less stress. It allows, it allows us to feel, because the science shows us that. And there's, 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 there's hundreds of research studies. That research study was actually, there's, and there's a replication of that study as well. There's been replicated studies which show that again and again. But that was a real groundbreaking piece of research back in 2012. Um, the research has progressed so much in, in the last the last 10 years or so. Um, so, yeah, I could talk about it all day long, but that that is the main in what this does. We're working directly with a powerhouse. We're working with the subconscious part of the brain. The subconscious controls our, our emotions, our feelings, our thoughts, our memories. It's where all negative emotions are, are encoded. Um, and if we can use this very powerful tool, um, 
imagine what this can do, you know, and, and, and what I also like about it, and we, 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 we did with yourself and, and, and other clients yeah. is we, 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 we go like in the session, we go really deep into those old beliefs, those old programs. But what I really love about it is it's a really great self-help tool. So mm. if any anxiety is coming up, I've seen so many people time after time after time where panic and anxiety is controlling their life. And, and you've experienced this yourself, right? And maybe share with, share with the, the uh, listeners. Because yeah. when I tell people to think, is she just, I'm telling this from client stories over and over. Somebody's about to go into a panic attack. We start learning some basic EFT techniques that goes right down. The panic attack just kind of disappears. The amount of clients I've spoke to over the years, oh, when was the last time you had a panic attack? Can't remember. And these are people who have had panic attacks with just, you know, yeah. this is how powerful it is. Yeah, it's, I mean, for me, mine was mine was obviously health anxiety related. And, and I do think it's something that I still struggle with now and again, but it's not something that controls my entire life. So I might have a health anxiety thought, but it quickly goes away. It doesn't become a thing where I'm thinking about it constantly yeah. and it's stopping me from living my life, which is what was definitely happening before prior to the work that I did with you. I mean, obviously I came to you and it was about, it. it I thought I was going to die. It wasn't just, I think that, I, I don't know, I'm concerned I've got this illness. It was like, no, I actually think in my head right now, that I am going to die and I don't want to do anything because that's all I can think about. And I haven't yeah. had that feeling since. And I don't wow. have panic attacks. And you know that I was coming to you having panic attacks. Well, it just felt like my life was one big panic attack, to be honest. Um, mm. And I, I don't remember the last time I had a panic attack, honestly. Wow. So yeah, it's, incredible. it's incredible. And I think it's not only improved that aspect of my life but it's improved definitely my relationships with people um and I think who I am overall as a person has improved which is something I didn't expect to see after the work that we did I thought we were were working on the anxiety but like you said we go into the subconscious the anxiety is what we um present as an anxious person Mm. but it's what's actually making us anxious and there were so many things below that like the thoughts that I had and everything obviously the things that we spoke about all those different beliefs Mm. and once you change that belief system then you can become a different person because you've not got those I'm not good enough or whatever it is that you've got that you think that you've been thinking most of your life that changes and that's what you work on rewiring those thoughts through the tapping which is yeah yeah, it's just incredible and a question that I had as well before I forget was around who could work with you because I don't know who might be listening to this and obviously we've spoke quite a lot about anxiety but Mm. what in what in particular works really well with anxiety with sorry with EFT yeah well, well first of all just what you said there Emily you know just 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 um making a point on that like you said there you know I mean, you've done amazing and obviously I'm so proud, you know, I've always been very proud and look at you now and, you know, but like you said there, you know, you said it controlled my life. Anxiety controlled my life. Um, And I love that, you know, here we are, what, two years later or, you know, and you're like, I can't remember when I last had a panic attack. 
yeah, you know, like a thought will a thought will pop in, but then it goes again because I know how to, you know, I'll just use a technique yeah. or some tablet or whatever, you know. So if anyone's listening and 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 you're an amazing example of this, you know, just to just to know that it doesn't need to consume your life 24/7 because I see that I see that a lot. People come to me and it and it is literally like anxiety is consuming my life or negative thought patterns are consuming my life or the fact that I'm in, in in a low mood continually or I'm feeling depressed you know all these things or I don't feel like you said the, the underlying belief I don't feel good enough I don't feel worthy I've got no self-love and it's like it's like that consumes um consumes people's lives and the good news is once we I guess going into your question the good news is once we unpack this and let it go and it's not all it's not all doom and gloom that we have some fun in sessions don't we you know it's some emotion might come up but that's a good thing because we're trying to push that emotion away just before I go into that just a quick one this is what when I first heard of this I was so skeptical when I went on my first training I was skeptical I was like this woman's at the class and she's doing all this but she was telling us case study after case study after case study and I was like wow there must be something in this but what I what I really because I was like emotional freedom technique it sounds really woo woo I don't like that but actually when you break it down emotional freedom what we're doing is we're freeing ourselves from our old emotions of the past. Wow, anything's achievable. And like you said there, I love I love it what I love it what you said. You said I didn't know I could all these other it would impact all these other areas of my life so positively. And this is what I see as well all the time. Relationships improved because. We could carry on the way we are, but what is it going to cost us? Marriages, relationships, our mental health and our physical health, our relationship with ourselves. Um, it could cost us our job or what we're earning or all this. You know, what is the costs if we stay the same? Yeah. But once we let, once we let go. So, yeah, I guess in answer to your question, um, I guess what we just, what we just covered, you know, somebody who's in a space where they feel like they can't get out, there's no way out. And it's affecting their emotional, mental, psychological well-being. And mm. I, I've worked with people who are in a really bad place through previous trauma, severe anxiety, um, where that negative thought cycle is just—it's just on a loop. <laughs> and once we work through that, often quicker, much than much people, much sorry, much quicker than people think. And then even after like two, three sessions in, they see it like, wow, I, f- I feel incredibly different already. And there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. If you can see a change in, in that, in that, at that point, then, then there's only, it's only going to go, go like that, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so I think that leads on quite nicely to the other question that I had. If anyone's listening and thinking about, you know, trying, reaching out to you and having a, a session of EFT, what would you say is the typical amount of time that, the average amount of time that someone would work with you for yeah no, it's a good it's a good question um somebody was asking me that not not too long ago and he said you know how, how many how many sessions will it take um yeah we, we had a we had a conversation then we started working together and, and i i kind of turned around to him and i said well if you want if you want a six-pack you don't just go to the gym once do you mm. You know, you've got to go, you've got to go to the gym, you know, four or five times a week and you've got to change your diet. I said, I'm a lot quicker than a six pack, but you know, it, it does, it does take, you can't just come once and expect your life to be totally changed. And um, 
But having said that, I, I know, you know, some talking therapy can, I've heard people go to talking therapy for years. For me, for me, that's quite scary because, and don't get me wrong, like, like we've spoke about this, some clients when we've worked together, they'll check in, you know, we'll yeah. check in for the, for the odd session or, or stuff like that, or some accountability. But I would say how long is a piece of string? It does vary. I, I'd say more times than not, I'll see positive shift within the first couple of sessions, sometimes within mm-hmm. one session, two sessions. But in general, at least three to, yeah, around three to four months. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it, it really it really does vary. Some people, you know, obviously a bit longer. Some people, but to get the work done, I would say we need to be looking at around three to four months and then see, see where we're at. But I, I say as well, when you're working on on yourself and you notice these big changes like like you did, you kind of get to that point. I did. I, I think I worked with Eamon probably for around six months, six seven months, and mm. it got to that point where it's like, right, I know I'm feeling great now. I don't, you know, I can still check in. We can still do the work. But I, I was like, like we've talked about. I used to then go back for kind of checking sessions. I go back and check in once every couple of months yeah. or. Just, just as like yeah. a, a reboot or an MOT, you know, <laughs> that's the way it worked love, for me. And I love that the MOT analogy because if you had a car for a year, you get an MOT, and why would you not do the same thing for your for your mind? Um, yeah. And even after you and me, I think it had been a year. And for me, I think that stressful life changes trigger things like you can't assume that you're going to be mentally okay forever I mean that's a nice thought but there are going to be times in your life where there might be changes or stressful life events or a traumatic event or whatever it is and we can't control things that happen so I can't remember exactly what had happened um and it had been a year and I came back to you and we had like a few sessions and it just and obviously I was never as bad as I was when I first came, but it helped to just go back and, and speak to you again. Um, mm-hmm. And it, and that was okay. And I think that's really important to recognize as well that you've not failed just because you're going back. And I think I felt like that. It was like, oh my gosh, I did all that work with Janine and like, and, I'm, and I was amazing. And why am I feeling like this again? And you can kind of beat yourself up about it and think, yeah, I've, I've failed. I should, should surely be okay and that but it but I think that's just yeah. it's normal and, and we're human and we can't expect to be okay all of the time no matter how much work we do yeah and, and like like you said like you said you know just before you said I can't remember the last time I had a panic attack it yeah. doesn't control me anymore as you rightly say we go through some life events and sometimes we just need a bit of an MOT a bit of a top up a bit of a bit of a reminder so, so I, I go I go to yoga regularly does the does the yoga teacher always do pretty much do the same stuff? Yeah, but I, I still go. Mm. You know? Um I, I you know, if if I if I don't do that for a for a few weeks and then, then I go back, it's always something that I'll do because it's part of part of my lifestyle. Um yeah. and you know, we're we're doing the same things in yoga, but it's just keeping me in that place, to keeping me in a group of people. It's you know, it's allowing me to be accountable. Um, I can go off and do that on my own, but it's 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 better to do that because it just leaves you in a good space, right? It's the same kind of little bit of a similar principle, I guess. And in terms of yoga, I know that you also um, practice meditation. Is that something that you do on a daily basis? And do you think there are 
a lot of benefits associated with that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I practice meditation most days, probably around six days a week. And again, it doesn't need to be um, hours and hours. I mean, I'm lucky I've got the beach here. I'm right by the beach, right? So I'll go for a swim first thing in the morning. Um, I'll go for a swim. So, so this morning I was up, I was up at six. I'll go for a swim, then I'll just jump on a lounge. I'll, I'll med- do some meditation, some tapping. And it doesn't need to be for hours. I'll probably do, med- I'll probably, you know, do some meditation for maybe 10, 15 minutes. Um, and then I'll do some tapping just to set up the intention for the day or just do some mm. tapping what I want to work on. And it just, all that just sets me up because, you know, I've got, I've got big plans for my business. I've got grand ideas and all this. That's why I'm here. Right. So I just need to be in that mindset. I need to be in that, that place. I want to be, I want to be in that place, what I teach my clients to be in. And I, I want to be in that space for me. I want to be able to serve my clients. I, 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 I want to give my clients the best. Some of my clients that I'm working with now and they're, achieving amazing results they're making millions in their business <laughs> that the, you know that they're, they're hitting all these amazing sales targets they're they're feeling you know one client i was kind of coming to the end with he was like you know for the work we where we were to where we are like he couldn't recognize and i get this a lot he said couldn't recognize where he was i've been working with him for about five months um and he was like you don't charge enough like where i where i was to where i am like he wanted to he wanted to He's ready to throw in the towel on everything. Really? So it's it's powerful. It's powerful, powerful stuff. So I really like to be in that in that zone, so I can serve my clients. I can be there for my clients. I can, you know, just get Work them to that place where, where they deserve. Yeah. So mm. before we go in terms of the well-being center, where where is that at the moment? Is is there a time scale for that, or are you still just kind of working around? Because I know that you obviously you went to Vietnam with the plans to start speaking to people about this and getting a bit of a better yeah. idea of whether it was possible. Yeah, yeah. So I think when I got here, it did take me a lot of time just to settle in. I was I've been working a lot, you know, and and just just enjoying kind of getting here and being here and meeting people. Like I like I say, I came here on my own. I didn't know one person, you know. I so I had to kind of start from the scratch, start from scratch, really. I guess and um, but. <laughs> You know, I've been working a lot. I've been working on the business, in the business, been working with clients and everything like that. Um, but yeah, there's some exciting stuff going on at the moment. I won't reveal too much, but there's there's a lot going on, and yeah, it's um, things are going to start taking shape soon. That, that that's the plan. But um, yeah, I just see this as being a place where people can come and they can do that work on themselves, group work, one to one work. I want us to be known for EFT. Um, but there's going to be the whole the whole range of services we're going to have. You know, the meditation, relaxation, Reiki, vegan food, no alcohol. You know, you'll just have to. Maybe there might might even be if people stay with us for a week. We might even not let them use the phones. I don't know yet, but That's it's going to so be an entire. Cool. It's going to be an entire. Pro, it's going to be an entire program. I am aiming it towards because the type of clients that I, that I work with are kind of burnt out, kind of executives and leaders, and um, yeah. So, but it's going to be, it's going to be, yeah, incredible. I'm excited for what we're going to so achieve. A, typically a week long program. Is that what you're thinking? Minimum, minimum of a week, uh, seven to 10 days where you just switch off. and wow. You just do that, yeah. do that work on yourself, group work, one-to-one work, and then everything else, you know? And then the way I want it to work is like we were saying, you don't, 
you don't just work on yourself for a week and then and then expect everything to change. No. The way it's going to work is people will then engage in it. They'll be in a program with us with us for twelve months, but it won't be a really onerous program. It'll be a program where everyone else is attended and they'll all be in a group. So we'll be teaching them that, like it's like a maintenance. So they'll be remembering and you know um, working on those strategies. They'll be checking in at least once a month for for the for the for the, for the twelve months. Um, checking in, keeping themselves accountable, supporting each other in that program. So I see it as the, the, the kind of seven to ten days, but it's it's a twelve month program. Yeah, where it's keep being kept accountable and remembering the skills and strategies and techniques and all that kind of stuff, all that good stuff. Well, that sounds incredible. Um, I definitely want to come and visit. And, mm. and <laughs> when I'm when I'm nearer that area of the world. Um, I definitely want to come in and visit. Hopefully, it'll be up and running in the next few years. Fingers crossed. Yeah, that's that's the plan. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but Janine, thank you so much for for being on here today and sharing your story. It's incredible. And if anyone is listening and is struggling in any shape or form, please please reach out to Janine because you've genuinely changed my life. And I've said that so many times but I would not be here the person I am today without Janine and I don't know how much life I would have lost if I hadn't have reached out to you and for three months of my life investing in you has got me two years of my life and an incredible two years as well so um, I will leave links to the video and also to Janine's page and website, everything in the description so that you can have a look and um, and reach out to Janine. I'm, I'm assuming is there, how do you, re how do people reach out to you now? What's the best way? Um, yeah, so via my website, um, all my details are on there. That's, that's probably the best, or via, in, via my Instagram, LinkedIn. I, I'm very, very active on LinkedIn. So I get most of my work through LinkedIn. I'm on, I'm on there, as you, as you know. Yes. Um, so so yeah so so yeah you can reach out and you know we can we can get on get on a zoom and have a just have a conversation and, and i think as i said before that can be the hardest bit and i know and you know and, and probably 99 percent of the people i speak to once we get have that conversation it's like like just like literally just before we got on this wow that sense of relief wow i feel better already the amount of people that have said to me feel better just how having a conversation so it can feel really scary i, I know because i was there i i didn't want to go i didn't want to but once i got there i was like i'm so glad i did this it changed my yeah. life it changed your life so having that it can feel that sometimes that's the hardest part but once once you do just speak yeah. to somebody whether it's me whether it's a friend just just having that conversation you know most most of my clients are, i work with men and women most of my clients are actually men um, one, one area that I'm really passionate about and supporting is, is you know, men's mental health and, you know, the, the, the suicide um, rate for, for, for men under the age of 40, it, it, it's huge, you know. So I'm all about just, just encouraging men and women to have that conversation, even if it was me or somebody, and to know that it's okay to open that conversation. And, you know, yeah. that, that whole, oh, I shouldn't talk about this, this, this. We've all got emotions. We've all got feelings. If we didn't, we'd be robots, and we're not robots. We're human beings. So it's it's okay just yeah. to have that conversation. And and once you do, you actually feel lighter. You feel a bit relieved. Really. Even if you're just having that one conversation, that might that yeah. might change everything. It did for me. It did for you. You know, it can feel yeah. hard, but once you've done it, <laughs> yeah. And I think it's just just that reminder that it can 
get better like it can get better and even and especially with tapping as well if it does feel a little bit weird when you start doing it it's like anything you've got to give things a a chance and it's not to say that EFT is for everyone just like talking Mm. therapy isn't for everyone and CBT isn't for everyone but I think give it a go um because yeah it genuinely changed my life so I do hope that if anyone is listening to this right now and they are struggling that they do do reach out and find the courage to do that if they can reach out to you because what you do is is incredible so thank you Ginny. oh i appreciate it <laughs> thank you so and you're, much you're doing you're doing amazing i love what you're doing with this podcast you know you you're creating this community and people are you know people are just getting so much from this and knowing that they're not alone because that that's that's the feedback you've been getting right knowing that there's other people out there and sharing journeys and, and knowing that wow i can speak up about this i can just give yeah. somebody that allowing them to feel that bit of sense hope. of peace and comfort yeah that hope and knowing that they're not the only one out there it's exactly what this person said to me in the consultation before you know it, it's not just me and i'm like no i hear this a lot you know you, you are okay we'll, we'll make you even we'll allow you to feel even more okay after this and they were like oh thank you that's such yeah. a, again such a relief so yeah hope i think that's what this is all about it is and <laughs> And I hope that people have listened to this and, and found some hope from either the story that you've shared about the domestic abuse and and your past, um, or also some hope that they might be able to get some support from you in, in, in EFT. And obviously, maybe going and looking at some of your videos first would be helpful on YouTube just to get a bit of a better understanding of, of EFT and some of the work that you've done as well. Yeah. But thank you so much, Janine, for, for being oh, on here. I really appreciate the time today and um, I'm sure we can have um, an even deeper discussion at some point on the podcast about EFT as well. Definitely. Sounds good. Well, thanks for having me. You're doing great. Love it. Thank you so much for listening to the episode today. I hope you found it interesting and it gave you some hope to see how Janine went from so much adversity to becoming an incredible therapist and helping so many people. As I mentioned, please do check out the new community group on Facebook if you are interested. It's a lovely place full of incredible people sharing their journeys. Thanks so much, guys, and I will see you next week for the next episode.